Good morning, every nation. Clearly, you can see that one of our core values is coffee and devotion, right? You have to have your coffee and devotion. I'm sitting next to my daughter, and she says, that must be coffee, Dad. She knows. That's how we roll. Well, it's good to be in the house of God this morning. Isn't it a great family service? You know, I hope you're enjoying God and also enjoying having kids in the service. Let's just give a big round of applause for the kids. Yeah. So good to have you with us. So good to have you with us. Uh, before I introduce my family, because it's family service, I just want to tell the kids, we've got notes for you. You can color, but you can also uh, fill in the blanks from uh, my notes. Sorry, adults, you have to take your own notes. Only ki kids get cheat seats. So uh, there we go. Um, because the family service, I thought I'd introduce my family. Some of you might know them. You may not know them. That's our teenage son, Omolemo. If you think of me, just pray for me. Um, <laughs> Zinzi. Um, She's here in the service today, and uh, Rory also here with us this morning, and uh, Lindy, my wife, who's been away together with Nicola, they're on a retreat in Cape Town with some of the uh, pastor's uh, wives. So you can imagine that I've survived three days without a wife, and the kids are still alive. <laughs> and we did the hairstyles this morning. Don't look too close, though, but we were able to get the hairstyle right, you know. And uh, we have been eating uh, frozen food and a little bit of uh, yeah, fruit. <laughs> we broke all the rules. Yesterday, we had Paul's ice cream for dinner. All right. This is also part of our family. Um, you can see that in this church, we, we, we don't do family just on Sunday, but also outside Sunday. Uh, you can see right there my beautiful family. But also, you are my family. You are my family. Whether you like it or not, you are my family. We are family. We're spiritual family. Amen. We are spiritual family. And before I get into the Word, there was one more thing I needed to do um, just for the kids here. I believe Jesus used to spend time with kids. And if Jesus was alive today, I believe he will take out his phone and he will have a Sunday selfie. What do you think, kids? Shouldn't we have a Sunday selfie? Okay, let's see how it's going to work. Let's see how. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Wave, wave. It worked. Okay. But did you notice that there were some people who did not make it on the selfie? Because we need close proximity to be in one selfie together. We need close proximity. We need to be close to each other. Unless we are close to each other, we will not be able to be in one big family that God is building. So don't be in isolation. Come to close proximity. And this relates to the word we're going to talk about today. But just a bit of recap. Uh, two weeks ago, Pastor Roger started us off on this series, In the Beninging, meaning in the beginning. In the Beninging, God created heaven and earth, and God said, let us make man in our own image according to our likeness. Pastor Roger shared with us that we are called to be image bearers. We carry the image of God, and when we get that revelation of being image bearers, it uplifts us. We live with heaven's reality. We live with a new reality, and today we look in the garden in God's garden, a call to intimacy. We are called and created for intimacy. 
And that's what we'll be looking at this morning. And the reason we talk about close proximity is I believe that this word intimacy, kids, it means being in a relationship with God. If you're taking notes, this is a good time to write that down. Intimacy is being in a close relationship with God. And for us, all of us here, remember that intimacy is close proximity with God. Intimacy is close proximity with God, being close to God. We are created for intimacy, a close relationship with God. The story of humanity did not start with us. The story of humanity started with God. God created Adam and Eve, and he put them in the Garden of Eden. If you didn't know, the name Eden means paradise. It means a place of pleasure. It means heaven on earth. And by the way, the Garden of Eden was literally heaven on earth because the only other place we hear about live cherubims in the Bible is in the Garden of Eden. Only the place that you hear about live cherubim, cherubims are angels with flaming arrows, with wings and eyes all around them. And the only other time we'll see cherubims is when we get to heaven. So Eden was heaven on earth. And that's what God created us for. God created us to live heaven on earth through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we can come to close proximity with God But something went wrong in the Garden of Eden. We know that it was sin that separated man from God. If you're finding yourself away from God, ask yourself, what is this thing that's keeping you away from God? And you're going to hear me say this over and over today because I believe that God's original intention was for man to live in close proximity with Him, not to be far away from Him. It was God's original intention. But sin came in and took away and stole this amazing relationship that God wants to have with us. But thank God for Jesus. Aren't you happy for Jesus? Thank God for Jesus that we can be restored to close proximity with God. So we're reading Genesis 3. If you have your Bibles, open with me. Genesis 3. We're going to read from verse 1. Genesis 3, verse 1. Genesis 3, verse 1. If you can meet there with me. The Bible says, Now the servant was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. For when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. If we pause here for a little bit before we continue to read, I want to bring your attention to three phrases that are there towards the end. So when the woman... So that the tree was good for food. 
When you read in the New Testament, the Bible says, all that's in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the boastful pride of life. So when I read that portion of Scripture, the tree was good for food is the lust of the flesh. The tree was a delight to the eyes is the lust of the eyes. And three, a desire to make one wise is the boastful pride of life. Think of those three, how they separate us from God. How they move us away from God. The sin that's in our bodies that actually takes us away from this close proximity that God wants to have with us. The pride of life and wanting to get more of ourselves, it takes us away from Christ. And we continue to read. Then the eyes, then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. How can you hide from God? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees in the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, the woman. Some things haven't changed. The woman whom you gave to be with me, blaming it on God. She gave me the fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord said to the woman, what is this that you have done? The woman said, the serpent. Some things still haven't changed. Blame shifting. And the serpent deceived me, and I ate. So kids, listen to this. The, the, the man blamed the woman. The woman blamed the man and blamed the snake. The snake did not have a leg to stand on. So the, the, the snake took the blame for something he had done. These are three things I want us to talk about this morning. And kids, I hope you're following with me. Number one is we are created for intimacy or intimacy created. Number two is intimacy destroyed. Intimacy can be destroyed by some of the things that we've read this morning, and we're going to make it practical just now. And intimacy can be restored. If you've lost intimacy with God, we trust and believe that today it will be restored. As I keep on saying, intimacy is proximity with God. I want you to ask yourself this question. Where are you in the relationship with God? Where are you in terms of close proximity with God? You know, I was looking at my album trying to find a picture that depicts this closeness that God wants to have. So that's Kelly, my daughter right there. Kids, don't you just like that picture? Intimacy is being close. It's affectionate love. It's showing that you care about the other person. Intimacy is understanding the other person. Intimacy is loving in a personal way. It's getting close association, a detailed knowledge, and a deep understanding of the other person. Now imagine if you're here this morning and you feel yourself that you don't know God's heart. You don't know God's heartbeat. You don't know what makes God tick. It may be because you've moved away from the close proximity. 
It may be because you have allowed sin to get between you and God. It may be because you've allowed the cares of this world to come into that place where it's supposed to be you and God. Just like the skit we showed this morning, the daughter and the father walking with dad. God wants to walk with you on a daily basis, not just on Sunday. Can we hear amen to that? God wants to have this close relationship with us. In the morning when we wake up, the first thing that we do, we open the curtains, we have our coffee, and we have our devotion, if you drink coffee, that is. But this is to say that what we prioritize speaks about what is important to us. What we prioritize speaks about what is important to us. What is important to you? What do you give time to? What do you give time to? Is it important to you is this relationship with God a place of enjoyment, a coexistence in harmony and peace that the Creator wants to have with us? That was what Eden was about. That was what the Garden of Eden all about. I like this uh, statement that we've said in this church over and over again. Westminster Catechism says, Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Man's chief end is to do what? To glorify God. And to enjoy him forever. So kids, I want you to repeat with me. Man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Okay, we're going to try and see if you can remember that. But for us sitting here today, are you enjoying God? Are you enjoying God? Because if you are not enjoying God, maybe you need to go back and say, have I moved away from God? Have I moved away from close intimacy and relationship that he wants to have with you? Intimacy is based on this abiding and trustworthiness. It is based on knowing each other's values and character. A trust of knowing how the other person will respond when I call them. Intimacy is knowing that when you call your father in heaven, he will respond because he cares for you. But intimacy is also based on the trust relationship. Do you trust God? Do you trust the Father? Because without trust, there cannot be intimacy. Without trust, there cannot be intimacy. Another great word that goes with intimacy is consistency. God has always been consistent with us. I don't know if you noticed that it was Adam and Eve that moved away. It was not God who moved away from them. It is us who move, it is not him, because he's always consistent. He always shows up. Here's a, a good example. Jesus Christ modeled to us intimacy, even though he was God himself. Even though he was constantly in close proximity with God, but he modeled intimacy with God. Look at this, Luke four sixteen. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, and as was his custom, he stood up to read. As was what? As was his custom. He stood up to read the word. The Bible says, Paul is instructing Timothy and he says, do not neglect the public reading of scripture. Do not neglect the gathering together and we open the scriptures together to celebrate together what God is saying to us. Jesus modeled it to us. Another model is, and he came out and went. As was his custom to Mount Olives, to pray, and the disciples followed him. 
The Bible repeats this, and repetition is emphasis, that it was Jesus' custom to go to the temple, to the synagogue. It was Jesus' custom to go up to the mountain to pray. Now, let me speak a little bit to the parents. As we were preparing for this sermon this morning, I was exchanging emails with Pastor Jonathan Party, and he sent me this study that was made by Lifeway that they showed five things that help kids to grow spiritually. And you realize that the same thing will apply to us as adults, but it is good for us parents to know that if we want our children to grow in God, we have to remember these five things. The first thing they noticed from the study is kids who grow spiritually is kids who regularly read the Bible. The second thing they say about kids who grow spiritually, it's kids who regularly go to church. So you got to ask yourself if you are in the habit of going to church only when it is not too cold. When it's too cold, we can watch church on TV. All right, sorry, I know I'm stepping on toes now. You cannot have church on TV. You cannot have church on screen, online. Church is, like I said, when we started, close proximity with each other. That's the family that God is building. So what is it that we want to model to your children? What is it that we want to model? We want to model regular attendance of being in church together. And also something that I just thought I should mention, even though it was not in the notes, is if you are in the practice of coming late to church, you are teaching your children, that's how we treat God. If God is important to you, you will make it a point to be here on time. I'm not teaching religion. I'm just saying priority if God is priority, we will also prioritize. So, if we want to see our children grow in God, we must read the word regularly with them. We must also come to church regularly. The third thing they say is serving together. When we serve, we teach our children something. I mean, one of the guys who really blows my mind away is Graham Foxton. I know you were serving in the first service. Where is Graham? There you are, Graham. You know, Graham. Graham is sitting here saving kids' church, and Graham's daughter, Rebecca, is also here saving together. If we want to touch the city and make disciples, we do it by saving together as families. Can I hear amen to that? Awesome. Thank you, Graham. Thank you, Rebecca, for even helping me with the kids while mom is away. <laughs> the fourth thing they say, if you want to see your children grow in God, is being missional outside the church. Going out, I like how Jonathan and Joanne will take the kids to the hospitals to pray for people who are sick, you know. Uh, they're always constantly looking for opportunities to, to, to spread the good news. Last year, they took the kids to Verts to pray, two years ago, to pray for guys who were going to write exams and giving them chocolates. And the people were blown away that these kids will come and pray for them while they are writing exams. I believe those kids who went, they were sowing seeds for exams in the future. You will benefit from praying for others. You will pass your university exams. <laughs> you were sowing seeds. You have sown seeds. Right, Zinzi? Okay. <laughs> the last thing which took me by surprise is the kind of music they listen to will impact their spiritual growth. So this is the battle I'm still fighting in my house. We can move on to the next point. <laughs> All right. Enough said. <laughs> it is something that is important for us as parents to model to our kids 
close proximity with God, not just preach it to them, but leave it. So listen to what Rabbi Zechariah says. The biggest battle you'll ever face in life is your daily appointment with God. Keep it, or every other battle will become bigger. Keep it, or every other battle will become bigger. Prioritize your relationship with God. Prioritize your time with God. There's this song I've been listening to by Kayam Teta, profound song. He says, do not settle for less. We will never settle for less. If you settle for less, you miss out on the great things that are in the Word of God, that are in the presence of God, that are hidden in the presence of God and in the Word of God. Do not settle for less. I want to give you an example of how we destroy intimacy with God. You know, one of the things that we do is uh, we allow the busyness of life to get between us and God. Something else that we do is uh, we are so much of workaholics. We are working all the time. We don't stop. And we know that it is when we stop and we reflect on the Word of God that we will see the defects. So we don't want to stop. Another thing that we do is by watching too much TV, we actually miss out on this amazing relationship we can have with God. We destroy intimacy with God. So kids, watching too much TV will get between you and God. Can I hear amen from the kids? Amen. Good. We're going we're gonna to check you out how much you're watching TV this week. Uh, you can watch World Cup soccer. That's fine. <laughs> that was just for me, not just for me, just for me. <laughs> just up until the 15th of July, then we go back to routines. Right. Okay. All right. Let me just uh, give you the story to show you how we sometimes move away from close intimacy with God. A couple of years ago, uh, I was coming from a business trip. Some of you will know I was working as an engineer while I was also in ministry. So I was coming from a business trip and uh, got home, connected with Lindy, connected with the kids. And uh, Lindy and I felt like we should go out on a date night. And um, we felt like there were some issues we needed to talk about, but uh, we didn't actually think clearly if we wanted the date night to be a fun night or an issues night, I must say we learned the hard way. Mistake number one, we went to a restaurant by the name called Tsunami. <laughs> that says it all. You can Google it. Mistake number two, we order a meal, and after we order a meal, we start talking about the issues. And boom, we miss each other. And there was silent adventure the rest of the evening. You know, like, can, just, can I just finish my food right now? Forget dessert. I just want to finish my food. Can just finish our food and go home. As I say, we learned the hard way that guys remember, and ladies remember, date night is not issues night, it's fun night, right? Make it a fun night. Make another time for issues. But what I realized with that scenario is how Lindy and I were actually estranged from each other. We had been apart from each other. And we tried to talk through issues when actually the relationship bridge was not strong enough to carry the heavy truth that we needed to talk about. So for us in our relationship with God, we need to make sure that we don't let the pressures of life to estrange us from this relationship that He wants to have with us. Let us not let life get between us and God. We need to constantly be building a strong bridge 
between us and God. So intimacy can be destroyed, as you can see in verse 7. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig trees, fig leaves together and made for themselves loincloths. So whenever we move away from God, we are exposed and we want to make our own plans to cover ourselves. Whenever we move away from God, we have to make a plan to cover ourselves. Man's solution to sin is hiding from God and using sin leaves to cover ourselves. And kids, let me just tell you right now, I don't think it, it's cool to be wearing fig leaves to church, right? I don't think it's cool to wear fig leaves in cold winter day, right? All right, someone is going to try it. Okay. The other thing is, uh, you read in verse 1, did God actually say, did God actually say, you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? In this idyllic paradise, this heaven on earth, Satan comes. Have you noticed that the only thing that Satan can do is to bring a lie, and it is when you believe a lie that Satan has taken you captive. God had already said, you can eat of any tree, but look, there's a twist. You shall not eat of any tree in the garden, but God had said, you can eat of any tree except the one. So the enemy actually twists the truth of God to try and put you in prison, to imprison you, to keep, to keep you in captivity. All you ought to do is don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't believe the lies of the enemy. The devil was going after the trust relationship between God and man, breaking trust. In fact, the Bible says that the devil is the father of lies. John 8, 44 says, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. He's a liar and the father of lies. You see that phrase there, the devil is a liar? It's something I like to say. Whenever the devil is trying to do something, I say the devil is a liar. And I think it's Tony who said, and Jesus is Messiah, or someone else came up with it. The devil is a liar, but Jesus is Messiah. But I want to I want to tell you something, kids. Kids, listen to this. Whenever I type, the devil is a liar on my phone, I get a certain emoji. I don't know if it happens to you. This is the emoji I get. You can try it at home. You can try it at home. If you type, the devil is a liar, that's what you get. I don't know why. Poor, pure, pure, poor Pinocchio. Without trust, we cannot have faith. We need to trust in God and not believe the lie of the enemy. I want to close with this. Intimacy restored. Verse 9 and 8 says, Then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called the man and said to him, Where are you? I believe it's the question God is asking of us today. Where are you? I have not moved. I'm still right here, but you have moved. And God is asking of us, where are we today? Why would you hide yourself from God's presence? In his presence, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, there is healing. 
In his presence, there is freedom. In his presence, there's deliverance. In his presence, there's all these promises that God speaks about. And we move away from God's presence. And this is to say, remember Psalm 51, when David had lied, when David had moved away from God's presence, when he had allowed sin to come in. The Bible says, Psalm 51 verse 10, David cries out to God and he says, God, cast me not away from your presence. That's the one thing that David said. He says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. He understood that the one thing I don't want to lose is God's presence. The one thing I don't want to move away from is God's presence. The one thing I want to keep dear to myself is God's presence. Being in the car, you can be with God. Being in the boardroom, you can be with God. Being at school, you can be with God. Wherever you are, the presence of God is right there to be with you. The presence of God is there. He has not moved. He has not moved. It is us who have moved. So this is to say, friends, let us fight for close proximity. Let us contend for close proximity with God. Have you moved? Verse 21, God comes running. He was always there. And the Lord made for Adam and for his wife garments of skin or leather, and he clothed them. God came to cover them, to cover their nakedness. You know, that's why when you read it in the New Testament, the Bible says, clothe yourself with righteousness. It says, put on the full armor of God. So God came to clothe them. God want, doesn't want us to live an uncovered life. When we are in close proximity with God, we are covered. But when we are not in close proximity, we are uncovered. We are unprotected. Stay in close proximity. Kids, I have one last thing for you. This verse that I've just read, I'm going to put it in a way that you will never, ever forget. So kids, do you know who was the first person who made a leather jacket? Listen to this. Look at that. Look at that. The first ever leather jacket was made by God. How is that? Not Louis Vuitton. It was made by God. God wants us to stay in covering. It's not about the leather jacket. It's about staying in covering and being covered by God. Do not step away from that place of covering. He wants to cover you all the time. Let us stand to pray. So intimacy is close proximity with God. And as we pray, I believe there's uh, two groups of people that God wants us to pray for this morning. If you are here and you know that you're actually far, far away from God, He's calling you to come back home. So that's the first group of people I want to pray for. So you know that you don't have a relationship with God. You came this morning, whether you're a guest or you've been visiting for a couple of weeks, and you know that you're not in close proximity with God, we want to pray for you. So let's bow our heads to pray. Let's bow our heads to pray. So if you are here and you know you're far, far away from God, He's calling you to come. Just raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray with you.
Thank you. Thank you for your boldness. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you for your boldness. You want close proximity with God. That's why you're raising your hand. Anyone else? Anyone else? We want to pray with you. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, my sister. Anyone else? Right at the back. I want to take this time to give you an opportunity to come to close proximity with God. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you. It is God speaking to you and not man calling you back home. Thank you for raising your hand. Lord, I pray for all these people who have raised their hands. I pray that as they come back home, they will come to close proximity with you, Father. Lord, I pray that you give them the boldness now as we call them up to pray with them. In Jesus' name. So if you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to come and stand here at this side of the auditorium. We want to pray with you and give you some material that can help you grow in your relationship with God. If you raise your hand, let's give them a round of applause. Please come on up. We want to pray with you. Thank you. Stand right here. Even the kids who raise their hands, it's your day today. Let's celebrate, church. Let's celebrate. Thank you. Stand right here. Stand right here. All those who raise their hands, come. If it is your friend, you can come with them as well. We want to pray with you. This is the best decision you can ever make to come into close proximity with God in the close relationship with God. As we pray with you, the Bible says that your lives move from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. And you will feel something happen on the inside of you. It is the Holy Spirit that is speaking to you. Please pray after me. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father we come before you. We give our lives to you. We receive you as Lord and Savior of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. There's some counselors that are going to go with you over to this side to get your details. If you have your bags, you can grab your bags and then come. We want to just spend some time with you guys over this side. God bless you. Oops, oops, oops. Family service. Um, the second group of people I want to pray for, and I'm going to ask Pastor Roger to pray. You know you're a Christian and you've been a Christian for a long time. But you know that you're not in close relationship and proximity with God. You may have allowed sin or pride of life to come or the busyness of life to come between you and God. I'm going to ask you just to raise both your hands to heaven as a sign of surrender and say, God, I've been far from you. Today, I want this close proximity with you. And we're going to pray for you. Let's all just lift up our hands. Father, we all come to you. We want to be closer to you. We want to be covered by you, Lord God. We want true intimacy with you. We don't want to be doing a DIY, do-it-yourself job, but we want to walk with you. And, and so we consecrate ourselves today, Lord God, and, and we declare our need for you, Jesus. Lord, in humility, Lord, we repent where we have done it our way and, and not made time for you. And, and we determine... We decide today to seek after you, to seek your face, Lord God, because we say we want you to prioritize you and to, and, and, and to lay aside those distractions of TV or whatever, Lord God, to seek you first, Lord God. Lord, we know that your word says that as we seek first the kingdom of God, all these things are added. And so we determine today to seek you first, knowing that you, you meet us more than halfway. We make you first in our lives now. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.